Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today I have a legend on the show. Not only is he a legend in the industry, but he's an old friend. We go way back, like 10 or 12 years. We'll tell that story in just a minute. But we're going to be talking about Facebook ads. Are they dead or are they not dead? And uh, spoiler alert, they're not dead. We're going to talk about ways you can maximize. We're also going to talk about some trends and the interconnectivity. I'm just trying to use big words now. Uh, between Facebook and Google, we're going to talk about ClickFunnels 2.0 and some other amazing things happening. Are you a D2C brand spending over six figures a month on paid media? If so, then listen up. My agency, OMG Commerce, and I have worked with some of the top e-commerce brands over the years, including Boom, Native, Groove, Monin, Organifi, and dozens more. And every year, we audit hundreds of Google, YouTube, and Amazon ad accounts. And we always find either significant opportunities for growth or wasted ad spend to cut or both. For example, are you missing YouTube ads? Whatever you're spending on top of funnel Facebook, you should be able to spend 30 to 50% of that or more on YouTube with similar returns. So if you're spending 300 to 400,000 a month on Facebook, you should be able to easily spend 100 to 150,000 or more on YouTube. Visit omgcommerce.com to request a free strategy session or visit our resource page and get some of our free guides loaded with some of our best strategies for YouTube ads. Google Shopping, Amazon DSP, and more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com. I want to welcome to the show um, a longtime friend, John Parks, who is the chief traffic architect, which if you're paying attention, if you're thinking that acronym is CTA, baby, which totally makes sense for a marketer, so C, uh, chief traffic architect, John Parks. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show, and hey, thanks man. for taking the time. Yeah, awesome to awesome to be here, dude. I was so excited. We uh, well, I think you reached out to me on Voxer, right? Which is the old walkie-talkie app. Which the only reason I ever got on that app was because of you and Russell Brunson <laughs> back when we were working together, and uh, and I hadn't like I hadn't had it in, for years. But a notification popped up. I was like, whoa, it's John Parks. Did I <laughs> did I suddenly uh, teleport back to like 2012 or what happened here? But it was present day, and I was excited uh, to get that message from you. But uh, but yeah, let's let's actually tell the story of how we met. So you're now celebrating how many years working with Russell Brunson? I'm in my fifteenth year now with Russell. I know it's been a while. It's crazy. And so back in I think 2009, 2010, I could check. I'm terrible with dates, but I think that's I think that's right. Uh, I partnered with Russell and 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 you to to launch uh, an old project called Dot Com Secrets Local. Right, it was super fun. It had what a three or five year run. It was, it was great. Yeah. And you guys were just I remember I remember meeting Todd and hanging out with Todd at some events in Boise. And you guys were just like kind of noodling on uh, ClickFunnels because when did when did ClickFunnels launch? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Pin me on a date. I'm gonna say it, we played around in 2015 ish. There was some, yeah, like, you guys were like just kind of like, but yeah, like we're you know, working, we're like working on something big. I remember you guys were working on something big, and I'm like, cool, I can't wait to see it. And and something big was an understatement because right. <laughs> right. ClickFunnels has been a monster success. And yeah. we, you know, we focused in the e-com space, run an agency, but we use ClickFunnels, and a lot of our clients use like everybody knows ClickFunnels. 
right. So um, uh, I, w- I want to do this first, maybe. C- can you kind of explain, like, what, what does a, a chief traffic architect do? What, what does, like, a day-to-day look like for you, John Parks? Yeah, awesome question, awesome question. So we, uh, it's interesting as we've grown, because, I mean, you've been with us since we were tiny. There was, like, three of us in the office, and, you know, I, I, <laughs> you're like, there you go. There's I, remember, you. <laughs> I remember one, uh, one year I was there for Halloween. Uh, me and Chris Brewer, my business partner, were both there. Uh, Brent Co. Peters was there, and everybody everybody uh, wore costumes, and so we just like made stuff up. Yeah. I put a big uh, mailbox like around my waist, and I went as Lumpy Mail. If you remember, like the the, the old three three D or Lumpy Mail. Absolutely. In, in, anywho, yeah, crazy. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so you know, back in the day, I I uh, I'm trying to close this tab here just to make sure we don't get too crazy. So no problem. <clears throat> yeah, back back in the day, like when I was a uh, running just kind of all of the traffic. I mean, I had to produce the ads, write the copy, you know, make sure the sales funnel got made, do the customer service. Like it was, it was everything. Right. And that was back in the day where you were on board and, uh, um, and, and it was crazy. But when we, as we grew, we started to specialize more and more and more. Right. And, and so we had to come up with this, this concept of a chief traffic architect, somebody who's like driving all of the traffic, like what are we doing organically? What are we doing paid? What are we doing, you know, when it comes to branding and search and are we doing anything offline, direct mail, all kinds of stuff like that. And it's like, who's this person that does all of that? And it's slightly different than the person who's who's um, coming up with the new ideas for, for offers and landing pages and stuff like that because that's a different focus, right, in our company. So we have, we have uh, a team focused on putting up the new sales page, the new sales funnel, putting up the you know, or, or even deciding what the Black Friday, Cyber Monday offer is going to be. All of that is in this channel over here. And so a chief traffic architect day-to-day is, is um, basically taking the pass from the, um, from the funnel team and, and making it grow, making it, bringing it, you know, making it rain, bringing in the sales. So it's like, so that's what we do all day long is we're, uh, we're uh, iterating on ads that worked, looking at what works in other industries, Bring that back to the table, creating new, you know, images, video, getting copywritten, trying it, failing, trying again, succeeding, you know, that whole model of it's a it's a like a whole suite of media buying. Yeah, man, I, I love it. And and I really like the way you laid it out there. It's it's thinking about all the traffic options that are available. Yeah. How do we how do we optimize, maximize, really get the most out of that? And and I, I've never really loved the term media buyer. I mean, we use it all the time in our industry. I use it too. It's it's fine, but I think it's just kind of limiting. It's like right. know, a retail buyer. I'm just buying products, right? I'm just buying some media. I mean, right. but but chief traffic architect, come on, man! Like that. That's what it is, right? We're we're architecting this traffic, right. which I love that. Right. So kudos kudos to you for a, a great a great title. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk. Uh, briefly about Dan Kennedy mm-hmm. before we get into uh, some <laughs> specifics on Google and Google and YouTube. And dirt, that yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and actually, uh, so, so those that don't know, and if you don't know, it's because you're probably just new to the marketing world, but Dan Kennedy, he's like one of the godfathers of, of modern marketing, of direct response marketing. And in fact, talked about dot-com secrets local where we all work together. I met Russell at a Dan Kennedy super conference. I had just been reading the newsletter. You know, Russell wasn't as huge uh, then as he, as he is now. And I was just at this Dan Kennedy event, saw Russell in the lobby, and we started chatting it up and hit it off and, and kind of went from there. Uh, but so Dan Kennedy is what kind of made that that possible. I, I read his newsletter for years, man. It really formed my, my marketing perspective. 
But um, I got to say, I was surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised. I thought Dan Kennedy was dead, right? So there was this time, and then you can maybe uh, fresh me up on on dates, but but Dan Kennedy wrote this letter from what he thought was his deathbed, saying like, thank you, it's been a great run, whatever. Like, And, and I remember reading this letter, and I was just so sad. I was like, this was like a, you know, a guy who was a, a mentor from a distance, but a mentor for me. He's dying, you know? And then and then not too long ago, I'm on Facebook and I see a picture of Russell with Dan Kennedy. And I'm like, wait a minute. Was, is that like, a, is that an old picture? Is that a new picture? Like, what's going on? And uh, lo and behold, uh, Dan Kennedy's not dead. And uh, I just never heard that he pulled through his, his illness. He really was terribly sick, but pulled through that illness. And, and so uh, you guys now bought that company, Dan Kennedy's right. company, Magnetic right. Marketing, the rights to that. So talk about what that experience has been like and, and kind of why'd you do it and what the vision is there. But yeah, just, just tell us about that. Yeah, it, yeah, it was fascinating because we were we were on the same train as you. Like he was he was dying. And then the next day we saw people publishing that, that it had happened, that he had passed. And so we were all sad in the office. We're like, oh, I can't believe it happened. This is, you know, and in a way, a kind of kind of revival as as the legend you know, moves on to the next phase of his existence and we're reading old Dan Kennedy books and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, he's not. <laughs> he, he's I called that time, right? yeah. <laughs> no. And it was, it was fantastic news. I mean, you can only imagine, you know, it's like a, it's like a Hollywood movie. But the but then um, I, I wish I knew the exact moment that Russell then kind of reached out and, and they started to mastermind this idea of... Um, of combining, you know, of, of, Hey, let me, let me take on your business and help your legacy grow. And it kind of, I've kind of stemmed from that moment where we're like, well, now Dan's passed on into legacy status, right? He's, he's, he's a, he's a legacy. Well, well, not really. He's, he's still alive. Well, let's make it a legacy anyway. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we grabbed that brand. We knew that we know sales funnels and we know, you know, online acquisition and stuff like that. Like, like that's our bread and butter. And so we're like, let's take this Dan Kennedy offline old school marketing genius and let's publish it to the internet marketing world um, and, and just and just grow and scale in a way that that that, that brand hadn't done. And so we thought it was the perfect match, um, bringing in a new demographic into our world that, that we hadn't reached before, as well as introducing the young bucks to this to this marketing legend of the past. So um, yeah, in a in a really cool way to like reverse mature the brand. We we acquired an old brand and now we're a part of a legacy, right? Yeah, it's, it's so smart. And, and if you look at at some of the legends that a lot of people will know, like Frank Kern and Ryan Dice and and Russell Brunson and Alex Hermosi and uh, Roland Frazier, some of these these legends, you know, in our mind. Like they all learned from Dan Kennedy in the beginning, right? Like Dan, Dan shaped all of these uh, current rock stars, and so yeah, yeah, you guys are able to attract like that that old following Dan Kennedy audience to ClickFunnels, and also take the the young pups and introduce them to Dan right. Kennedy, which is just awesome. So and what a neat way to um to to also um, like garner relationships with some of those old legends, like you're saying. If if uh, if I can entice you to like, hey, would, will you support a Dan Kennedy offer or a Dan Kennedy launch? Then you know, yeah. all of a sudden it's like like do- doors are open, right? And so it's a way to open new doors that that weren't previously open to. Yeah, it's so cool. Can't can't wait to see more there. And so, and you guys are using the magnetic marketing brand, right? You guys are, are, are kind of reviving that product or building things around that right now. Yeah, we re- we relaunched an offer. Oh, I'm gonna say. Six not six, maybe nine months ago at this point. 
um, no BS letter, the no BS letter that, that Dan Kennedy's used that no BS concept for a long time. And um, he's had his newsletter going out for a long time, but we, we put a new fresh face design on it, matched it up with our own behind the scenes, you know, Russell Brunson letter. And so now you get a two for one, um, you know, twice a month, you get, you get these just dynamite marketing newsletters. And so we, we have been able to revive that brand and that, uh, not not only the the brand and revive the people who are already subscribed to the to the Dan Kennedy world, but but bring our world into the Dan Kennedy brand, right? Which is kind of a cool thing when you acquire is how you get a cross sell, especially when you acquire a complimentary thing. You know, you get that cross sell, and so you get kind of a double subscription happening, as well as uh, it's been able we've been able to attract you know other JVs and affiliates who are they're all about promoting Dan Kennedy. You know, that's a that's a thing that they want to stand by and so. Totally. Yeah. It really, I didn't even think about that, but it totally makes sense. Like if you're digging into affiliate marketing and joint venture stuff, which you guys have always been great at, this opens up a, a whole new realm of people to work with or just right. a fresh excitement. Like, of course right. I want to promote Dan Kennedy to my list, that type of thing. So that, that's awesome. Uh, super excited to see where that goes and, and dig in more. And I'm just curious, has, has like Dan been by the office? Has like, have you guys got to hang out with Dan or, or, or I, I guess maybe not in the COVID world or post COVID world? Right. He's yeah. He, <laughs> He's a very he's a very interesting cat. We have been able to hang out with him when he comes to an event, you know, like behind the scenes at our funnel hacking live event. You know, we can hang out with him. Um, but he 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 rarely travels here. But Russell does go travel there and hang out with him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Cool. All right, awesome. So let's let's get technical. Let's get strategic. Let's get tactical. Um, and so let's talk about Facebook. First off, uh, let me ask you this, John Parks: yeah. Is Facebook dead? Because you know, I, I hear people a lot saying I was 14, killed Facebook. Right. Right. I'm mad at Zuck. Like, you know, Zuck's catching a lot of heat for a lot of things and whatever he'll probably be catching right. heat for forever. And the metaverse is silly and just all, all kinds of stuff. Right. So, right. but from your perspective, how are you viewing Facebook right now? And is it dead? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And it and it's different if you ask a stock investor. <laughs> right. Versus, yeah. versus versus a chief traffic architect, right? Yeah, is 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 the is the meta stock growing? Is the growth curve still there? Is it and and the, and the thing to realize is that it's it's saturated, right? It's hard to find places for Facebook to grow, but that right there by definition means it's a great place to advertise because it means they're omnipresent, right? They're everywhere. So everybody, yeah. everybody is still there, right? Right. Should you go out and buy Facebook stock? Well, I'm not a stock investor. I'm not going to advise you on that. But should you go buy ads on Facebook? Absolutely should. It's a fantastic place. And you and I were chatting um, earlier, and it's it, the concept that like almost every brand we work with, and a lot of them, the ones that you work with, from what you're saying, 50% um, of their spend is in the Google suite, and 50% is in the Facebook suite. And yeah. in those two monsters, you've kind of saturated everything. Yeah, totally. It's so interesting to me. And and yeah, there, there are potentially issues with Facebook, right? Like one of them is, hey, young people aren't really on it. Like I've got some older teens and my oldest is, is 20 now. Like none of them really want to be on Facebook, but they're all on Instagram. So, so kudos to go. Zuckerberg for getting on Instagram, yeah. one and the same when it comes to ads. Um, but yeah, it really does still come down to those two giants, yeah. Google, which includes YouTube and Meta, and and yeah, we got an advertiser that's spending, you know, six to eight million a month on ads, and it's probably not quite 50-50, but I mean, Google and, and Facebook, those two are, are by far the biggest, and then you got native ads, which are a pretty huge chunk for this particular brand, and I'm I'm focusing on one brand, but this is true for other big advertisers, 
And then you also get TikTok and, and Snap and some other things there. But but one of the things we talked about, and this this is not, I do not want to uh, be a downer on TikTok because I think I'm bullish on TikTok. It's it's a cool platform. It's growing. There's, uh, I mean, it's cool. I don't get on it uh, for fun, but I think it's creates some good opportunities. But I don't know anybody, big advertisers. I don't know anybody spending more than ten percent of their budget on TikTok. Right, Most, it's like boat. six to eight percent type of thing, which, which is fine. Like, right. and I think the way you said it was like we spent a little bit on on. TikTok and it helps a little bit, right? Which, yeah. Which, which, <laughs> like, yeah, it's interesting. We and we do the same with Snapchat and with Pinterest. Those are kind of the three where we've been able to find some some extra room. Is um well, Bing too. I mean, we do advertise on Bing. Yeah, kind of yeah. Bing is actually a great little add-on to what you're doing. Yeah. It, it can be maybe ten percent what you do on Google. Yeah. Right, giving us that five ten percent lift over here and there and over there. You know, so, but Snapchat mostly retargeting. Pinterest, we do some prospecting on Pinterest. And it is, and it is working for you know for certain offers that we have, but again, it's it's a small piece. It's not anywhere near the size of what we spend on the. I guess it's now called Meta, right? The Meta ads yep, or the yep. or the Google Google side. So yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm still not used to calling it Meta, right, but, uh, but it, it'll happen uh, more as we go. But uh, but yeah, okay. So let, let's talk about this for just a minute, and then, and then I want to talk about uh, your system that you and, and you know kind of inspired by Russell developed for Facebook ads. But let's talk a little bit about the the interconnectivity or the the, the connection between uh, Google Ads, including YouTube and Facebook, and how do you see the two working together? Yeah, I love that. So um, Nicholas Kuzmich, I'm sure you're familiar with him. He wrote a book um, and I read the book on a plane once, you know, and and this interesting thing he brought up that I hadn't ever seen it this way. He, he likened it into a swimming lane, right? There's people who swim fast, medium or slow. And there's the people who, the fast swimmers, right? And they just take action. They, they see an ad, they click and buy, right? My wife accuses me of being that. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, it's market research, that, babe. I got to see what this funnel's <laughs> like. I got to buy the product. Yeah, right off. I'll use her business card, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. It's the people who are just like, it's the type of person that just sees and yeah. buys, right? And, and those are the ones that can, you know, run a conversion ad on Facebook and you get them. That's great. It's fantastic. You're measuring your CPAs. You want... You know, your, your average car value is higher than your CPA is right there, right then and there kind of a thing. But then there's the medium swimmers who are going to think about it or need to see the ad a few times. Or then there's the slow swimmers, right, who who aren't getting any less of a workout. It just takes them longer to do it, right? Kind of, kind of concept. And those medium and slow swimmers um, find themselves elsewhere on the Internet interacting with you, right? That's what's really interesting to realize. So when you run a Facebook ad or you know, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook or anything, you're running the ad, you, you know, you, you immediately tend to focus on, well, how much did I spend and how much did it cost me to get that sale? But the other number that's right next to it in your stats is how many impressions did it have? How much reach did it have? And it can be in the millions, right? In the millions of video views, depending on how much you're spending, in the millions of impressions and stuff like that. Well, those, while well, nobody's necessarily clicking on those, or maybe they are. Maybe you could have hundreds of thousands of clicks too, you know, and only so many turn into sales. Think about the amount of branding that's happening. Think about the the, the literal reach that you're having there with those ads. And if the message is intriguing, and if you if you've got the right kind of hook, story, and offer, um, you might not be closing anybody but the fast swimmers, and the slow ones are finding you elsewhere, right? And so that relationship with Google Ad Suite, where then they might go to YouTube and search. Well, tell me about this ecom, you know, this this, this ecom product, this new thing that I found on saw on Facebook, or they might go over to Google and 
and uh, and actually search for your brand. Or you might <laughs> gotta gotta throw my wife under the bus on this one because it was really funny. <laughs> looking over her shoulder, I mean, I love her to death. Right? But I was looking over her shoulder as she was using the computer the other day, and um, and. I was like, go to this website. And so she opened up a new tab and the new tab, you know, in Chrome and it just said Google and there's this big old place down there right under the word Google. So she typed in the URL right there and she, and she clicked enter and then it caused a search to happen. And then <laughs> luckily the URL she was looking for was the first thing and she clicked about. So like there are people searching for your brand intentionally, unintentionally. And I'm, I am after watching that and watching how, she uses the internet and how some of my parents use the internet, some of my neighbors use the internet. I'm convinced that that unintentional search is a huge number. Do you know what it I mean? It is a huge number. And, and right. we see this too, and I'll, I'll make a little correlation here because I think this will help paint the picture. There's a lot of people that want to buy something on Amazon, uh, but they still start on Google. And so we see this a lot with a lot of our Amazon brands where there are you know, hundreds of thousands of searches a month on Google of someone typing in this product and Amazon. And I think it's just for a lot of people, the internet begins on Amazon. I'm sorry, the internet begins on Google, right? So you go to Google, you just even type in the URL, but it triggers a search. It's Uh, it's super interesting, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. And like, even if if they know, I mean, so we're like talking things like URL and and address bar. People don't know what those are. I mean, the the majority, I'm going to say the majority, and I'm shooting from the hip here, of, of, of consumers don't know what I mean when I'm like URL, you know what I mean? Or... Uh, you know, kind of a thing. Right. They're just like, yeah. I don't know. I just searched for the thing. I searched for the soap and I typed in the word Amazon. And then I, it just magically leads me to this place called Amazon where I buy the soap. Right. Yeah. And I Googled <laughs> it and then I got there. That's right. all, that's all I need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you survey them, that's what they say. And so the fact that you are just throwing out millions of impressions over here on the social media side, and then you're basically retrieving them on the Google side, those things work hand in hand. So with our budgets, we've noticed um, like we, you know, we'll find this fantastic, you know, cost to get the sales over here on the Google search side, right? And so we're like, well, we're going to take some of our budget off of Facebook. And you mentioned yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> some of my budget off of Facebook because that's kind of expensive over there. We're going to put it more on this Google search side, and it doesn't work because it throws the balance off. All of a sudden, you have so many fewer people getting introduced to your brand, and so therefore less searches. Yeah, yeah, I love that. We we yeah. noticed that you know as an agency we don't run any, any traffic on Facebook, but but we're big fans of it, obviously, and, and we'll notice that too. Like, say, hey, branded search is down this week. Did you guys do something different on Facebook? And, and oftentimes <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, and so we immediately see that. Yeah. We've also seen a, a connection, a correlation between YouTube and Facebook. So yeah. as we boost spend on top of funnel YouTube. Uh, Facebook often performs better if, if someone's going hard on top of funnel. Facebook oh, yeah. often top of funnel. YouTube works better. Oh, yeah. uh, but we, we do a lot of measurement on you know YouTube brand lift studies. And one, once a once a client or once a, a brand gets to 30, 50, 100,000 a month on, on YouTube, we're usually seeing lifts of like uh, 20 to 35% on their branded campaigns. Mm. And, and, and I'm, I'm confident, we haven't done the same study because we, do, we don't run Facebook, but confident the same numbers are true on Facebook, right? You, you start spending a certain amount, your brand campaigns, your, your lower funnel search campaigns are going to see a 20 to 40% lift. And gotcha. so, so yeah, yeah, you can't just look at what what are the. And I love that. I love the swim lane thing. I, I think I maybe heard that, but I've forgotten that. I love that yeah. analogy. I'm going to use that. 
But you can't just look at, okay, well, this campaign only closed so many people because it just got the fast swimmers, right? The medium and slow swimmers are, are being converted through other channels. But wouldn't have happened without your top of funnel efforts. So right. that is awesome. Good stuff. Um, so let's talk about your DWELL method, D-W-E-L-L, -L, and it's an acronym. And, you know, as marketers, we love acronyms, right? right. We love uh, shortening things. You know, there, there are more, I think there are more acronyms for marketers than any other Probably. group of people other than the military, right? We got, we got CTR, we got CVR, we got ECR, which is the e-commerce conversion rate. We got, we got CPAs, we got CAC, we got, we got CTAs, right? Which now has a new meaning. Uh, right. And we even like to use our acronyms wrong too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so give me an example. I, I know I know that. Oh, you mean, you mean what, your acronym? No, no, no. I just, it's just funny because the accountants use CAC in one way and the marketers use CAC and it doesn't mean the same thing, you know. True, 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 true. Yep, CPA is not certified public accountant. It's, you know, cost per acquisition <laughs> and things like that. Uh, but, but anyway, so explain to us what dwell is and maybe also explain why it's kind of got a double meaning. You'll, you'll, you'll talk right. through the acronym, but it also kind of means something else. So, so walk yeah. us through that. Absolutely. So, so uh, you know, Russell's written a, a variety of books, fantastic books, and um, in the books he talks about finding out where your where your target audience congregates, right? Finding out where they congregate, and it's an interesting concept because, like, if you think way, way, way back when, you know, you you brought yourself a literal soapbox and you you find out where the people are congregated, you drop it down, stand on top, so you're one foot taller than everybody else, and you start shouting, and hopefully somebody would buy something, right? or you'd be preaching or whatever it was, but the whole soapbox concept, because you were finding congregations, right? You were finding wherever they were, and they were there because they liked to be in the park, or they were there because they, you know, you'd go to where you'd think your target audience best was. So in the internet world, you gotta figure out where your people congregate, especially back when this concept was developed and there was things like forums, right? But it, but they still, they still exist, right? Now they're in the forms of Reddit, you know, and things like that, where people still congregate around topics. Um, Facebook groups or pages, likes, interests, right? Uh, YouTube channels and, and all kinds of stuff. They still congregate. So you got to find where they congregate. And so with that concept of congregating, I needed an acronym to help explain Facebook audiences, right? Because we, we teach a lot in, you know, the ClickFunnels brand. We, we have, we have coaching programs and we teach from stage at our own, at our own presentations and other people's or events and other people's events and stuff. So I needed a good acronym to teach these concepts that I developed. And so I kept thinking about, you know, do I, so I came up with dwell, right? D-W-E-L-L. -L. Where, where do your people dwell? Where do they congregate? So that was a way for me to remember it and hopefully the audience too. Yeah, I love it. It, it. it will stick in my brain for sure and I think for everybody else as well. And so really the acronym relates to audiences, right? And and such a huge part of what we do as marketers, right? So the right message to the right person at the right time. Right. And so it's message market match. Uh, but walk us through that. So the D and dwell, what, mm -hmm. what, what kind of audience are we talking about there? Okay, so th this is some, when I teach Facebook advertising to people who, who really don't know it yet, or maybe they just want to learn this method, um, they, they forget all the different audiences available to them, right? So that's why dwell makes sense. So the first D in dwell is your data. What data do you already have? What's your data? Do you, do you already have, are you a pizza restaurant and you once put a fishbowl out and people threw their credit or their their business cards in there to get a free topping or something like that that's that's data you have data you've collected so many email addresses or phone numbers right that data audiences that you can then upload into Facebook as what's called a custom audience so d helps you think data and it helps you think 
you, you got to start just like brainstorming. What data do I have? Do I have data from a previous launch? Do I have data from five years ago? Do I have data from my fishbowl? Do I have data from my cousin's business, which is a lot similar to my business, and he'll share that list. You know, like what kind of data can you access? So that, um, you know, um, obviously uh, legally and, uh, and uh, ethically, what kind of data can I access? So yeah, get, get the data you can, you can get and then refine it. Make sure that it's, it's good data. You know, it's data that, that's gonna work and convert the best you can think through. And then you upload that into Facebook. The fun thing with Facebook is you can give them an email address, first name, last name, all kinds of shipping address. You can give them, you know, male, female, you can give them phone numbers. So sometimes you have data and you don't realize you have it. Like maybe you're a dentist's office and you have a whole bunch of phone numbers, but you sure that's not available for online marketing. Well, you can, you can upload a list of phone numbers, you know? Yeah, I love this so much. And, and really, as we look at where, where is marketing headed in the future, Data has always been important, right? It's always been about, uh, you know, who you're speaking to right. is almost more important. I would say it is more important than, than what you say, right? You, you deliver a mediocre message to the perfect audience, it's going to work. Right. You deliver the perfect message to a terrible audience, it's not mm-hmm. going to work. But, you know, with, with privacy changes coming, uh, like the the people, the businesses, the brands that have the most first-party data mm-hmm. are going to be way ahead and are, are likely going to win. So get more first-party data. And actually, I think this is why you see, like, you know, Google's in a really good spot as far as first-party data. So all that search data, mm-hmm. that's their data, right? You're giving Google that search data on Google.com, first-party data, they can use it. Right. If you look at Amazon, all the shopper data and what you've bought and stuff like that, it's all done on Amazon. It's first party data. They can use it. Uh, you've got first party data too, and you got to right. put it to work. And that's the best place to start. So love that. So D is for data. D is for data. Data audiences. I like it. What's the W? Yeah. So I'll I'll give this caveat as we head down. The first L is going to reference the other three as source audiences. Okay. So as you think about that, D is our first source audience. W. The W is for website. What's happening on your website, right? And the, uh, you know, you've heard the Facebook pixel, the Google pixel, the tracking things you can put on your site. Um, it's, the, it's the website. So what, what's happening on your website? Are people, you know, all the people who hit your website, all the people who hang out longer on your website, um, people who go to the next page in your sequence. So all that pixel data is, is the second layer of audiences. And again, a source audience for the, for the lookalikes we'll talk about in the first L. So the first D is that data. Grab all your data, refine it, upload it into Facebook. From purchasers, subscribers, wherever you can get data about your customers. And then website. Right, and then website. Yeah, the the people who are hitting the website, because they haven't necessarily given you data, but the tools are in place to let you capture it into an audience. Yep, love it. Google has tools to do that. Yeah, Facebook too. So we got D, we got W, next is E. E, the E in the in the dwell. The E in the dwell is cool. It's the engaged audiences. Okay. So you you've got your, you know, your your YouTube subscribers and watchers and stuff like that. You've got your Facebook page likers and sharers and you know, so you got this engagement. People that have engaged with video ads, like people that have watched a certain percentage of a video ad, you can exactly. put them into an engaged audience. There's all this engagement happening. Some of the cool the coolest engagement audiences that a lot of people miss are on on Facebook, on the Facebook and Instagram platforms. You can save a post. Some people are in the habit of doing it, some aren't. But an audience, a lookalike audience, based off of people who've saved your post or even yeah, advertising who've saved your post, post is yeah. a hot, hot, hot market. Yeah, it's a really interesting one that a lot of us just don't think about. It's smaller, but it's almost like a, a very refined buyer's list. It's really cool. 
Hmm. So think have, about I don't think I've different. ever done that. Wait, is that is that just on Instagram? Is that right? The, to save Facebook a post? Facebook lets you do Facebook. Yeah, really? some people I've never done that do on Facebook. I so have had a three dots that'll let okay, you stay. Okay, super <laughs> interesting. So yeah. I have done that on Instagram where I'll see like a like a stoic philosophy quote or something like, oh man, it's so good. I got to share with my kids or my team or something. I'll uh, save to collection or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've never thought about that. So that, that happens on Facebook too. Yeah, that's a that's a white hot audience. Uh, so that's an interesting one. And that's one that I do not hear people talk about too much. So love that. So and yeah, we got, we got lots of ways to measure engagement. Who is, and you know, if you look at like Google with uh, Google Analytics, they can build, um, oh, I just forgot the name, custom, uh, Shoot. Um, it's the audience of people that are most likely to convert next. Custom right? intent. What, what's that? Affinity or custom intent? No, it's neither one of those. Those are both brilliant. But there, there's an audience that like, you, you can, it's a smart audience uh, that you can build okay. inside of Google Analytics. And Google is saying, hey, this audience is likely to convert next because of what they've okay. been doing. Yeah. But that's really what they're looking at. It's certain le- yeah. levels of engagement. And then right. Google's saying, hey, I'm going to package all those people for you. But what you're able to do here with Facebook is say like, okay, I want I want these types of in- engagement right. because those people are showing that, hey, they're likely to convert if we right. just give them a reason to say yes and push them over the edge. So you know, that, one thing awesome. we do with the... One thing we do with engaged audiences is we we boost them, right? We intentionally grow those engaged audiences, and then we we harvest out of it. So we uh, we have our organic social team, and they'll throw out posts, you know, all the time, a couple times a day, whatever whatever seems to be working organically to get maximum, you know, maximum engagement. And then they'll notice a certain post has has legs, right? When the other three didn't that week or whatever. On that one, they'll throw another two hundred dollars behind it and just grow the engaged audience, right? So, but, you know, 5,000 people watched this video. Well, let's make it 50. 50,000 people now watched it. And now we have this big audience that we can then throw conversion ads at, right? And so growing intentionally, kind of bolstering those engagement audiences um, has been really helpful for us. It's super smart. So, so I love that where you're looking at, okay, say three, call it three organic posts a day. Whatever the winner is, right? If there's something that's doing pretty well organically, that's a good sign that people like it. It's going to be good. Throw some money behind it. Build up that engaged uh, audience, and then now you can, yeah, harvest it. Super smart, right? You know, another crazy thing that we've tried recently. On that same note, I'll just throw this in there as a as a little nugget. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> uh, an organic post that that performs really well engagement wise. If you so like, let's say it's a carousel, right? And it and it can be a, a fairly standard Instagram carousel where it's like scroll to the right five times and I'll tell you five cool quotes, right? Or whatever it is. But as long as it's working engagement wise, if that final card has some kind of call to action that's relevant to the carousel, you can turn it into an ad and it becomes the best performing Mm, ad. We had a certain ad. Interesting. We ran it for months and months and it had, I mean, no one who crafts ads would have said, you know what, that's that's the winning ad right there. That's the one. (laughs) It was just this really silly Instagram engagement carousel, right? And it, it was, I think it was about Russell and potato guns, right? He loves, we, we love to rely on that one. So Russell, Russell, yeah, I started this potato gun business. First I did this, then I did this, then I did this. Learn more on how to start your own business, click boom, right? And it was crazy. And it was your best ad. And that that's, that's yeah. so cool. So uh, love that little nugget there. So, you know, organic post, find the winner from, from yeah. just organic reach 
boost it. You find a real winner, yeah, say a carousel ad, just yeah. make that closing card yeah. a call to action, yeah. and voila. Yeah, so that was a really fun one. But after we've built up these audiences, these data audiences, and we've scoured around and got our best ones, these website audiences and got our best ones, these engagement audiences and get our best ones, the next letter in the DWELL acronym is L, and that stands for lookalike, or in Google it would be it would be similar audiences, but that doesn't work for my acronym. So, um, <laughs> so the Wessel, yeah, right, right. I don't know how that works. but yeah, the lookalike audience. And so these 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 audiences then serve as as sources, right? The the seed audience for then these algorithms, whether it's the whether it's the Facebook algorithm or the Google algorithm, to to see who who the type of audience you're looking for is and go out and find more of them, right? Anywhere on Facebook, anywhere from 1% of the nation that's similar to you up to 10% of the nation that's the most similar. They've got all this data that you don't have. The algorithm has more data than, than you know, than we even oh, know. And so like they're able to go out there and just chug away at it. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. So lookalikes, yeah. and then that's, yeah, that, that's the beauty of these two platforms of Facebook right. and also Google is, yeah, you, you build these profiles, right. engage, you know, those of us your website uh, data, and then yeah, build lookalikes, and, and often that those are yeah. the audiences you can you can scale with. So, uh, I'll give you some some caveats though on that on that third, on that fourth audience that lookalike audience. Um, garbage in, garbage out, right? We learned that in elementary school when we had yep. our little uh, typing computer program class. So, if if the audiences that you're giving Facebook, if you're saying, hey, th these are ten thousand people who liked my organic post in the last month, make a lookalike off of that. That's garbage, right? But if instead your engagement audience is all the people who've saved my post in the last yeah. five days, or something that's like really, really tight, tight, then it's gold, right? Gold in, gold out. No one ever told me that in elementary school. Yeah, gold um, in, gold out. I like that better. That's because that's way more motivating. <laughs> way more motivating. So you got to make sure you're giving really, really good seat audiences for those similars and lookalikes to work. Totally makes sense. All right, we've got a, we've got the 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 first four uh, of dwell here. Uh, but bring us home, what's the second L? Okay, the second L, and this is the one that you're supposed to ignore until you've paid attention to the first four. That's why it's at the end. And this is the one too many people resort to right out of the gate. And those are the provided interests that Facebook provides. So layering interests, right? An L for layering interests. Um, Facebook has all these demographics and interests and stuff, and you can say, well, if they like Martha Stewart and they like home cooking, then they're probably gonna like this this new spatula I'm selling, right? But but the thing is, is that you're just guessing at that point, you're taking the algorithm out of it and you're just going like willy-nilly guessing and too many people start there. That's yeah. not where you start. You gotta start with the other ones. Yeah, you'll find some winners there, right? Like going going after these broad audiences, right? In in the Google ecosystem, it's in market audiences and and things like that. And we love, sure. you talked about uh, custom intent audiences or building audiences around what people are searching for. Um, you know, it's still going beyond your data and, and your your customer stuff and, and similar audiences. You'll find some major wins there and some totally. major opportunities to scale, but you also find a lot of stuff that doesn't work, and that's okay. Right. That's just part of it. But that, right. that's why you start with those other areas. Exactly. Uh, those are yeah. Yeah. You, you lean deep into your to, into your other audiences before, especially if you're. I mean, I'm talking like you're starting a company, right? You've got. Four hundred yeah, right. bucks a month to spend. You're just trying to figure out where to spend it. It's not that last one. 
Yeah, yeah, totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, so we got our, we got our dwell. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, you, you told me about kind of a a set it and forget it. Uh, yeah, you, you uh, want to know about that? And it versus never refresh. Yeah. So, so tell me about this. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So another way, another way I help beginning advertisers understand ads is that there's a, there's a world of prospecting and a world of retargeting. Two different kinds of ads, right? And the prospecting ads, the way you can think about that is that's when you're reaching out to find cold people, people who, who don't yet know you, your brand, your attractive character, whatever your leading thing is, you know, your, um, and they don't know that yet. And so you're reaching out to maybe problem-aware people, but not, or maybe even solution-aware, but not product-aware, right? When we're, if we're using the Eugene Schwartz model. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're not yet familiar Dude, with I just read, I read yeah. a big chunk of that book again on an airplane recently. Yeah. It's so good. Like, it, it just it triggered all kinds of ideas in my mind. It was written in, what, like 1960-something, 1970, I don't remember. <laughs> yes. Eugene Schwartz, yeah. Um, uh, uh, what's the no, not scientific. That's uh, that's the other one. That's track um, cables. Uh, yeah, breakthrough, breakthrough advertising yes, uh, yes, by Eugene Schwartz. Yeah, it's it's a masterpiece for sure. It's so, fantastic. Yeah. Um, yes, it's breakthrough advertising, and it's fantastic. And the um, the fantastic things, you know, the, the the layers he taught about the you know the, the problem aware, solution aware, um, even product aware at the top. So when you're prospecting, you're reaching back a couple layers, right? And, you, and you've got to have these ads, and, and they, they tend to burn out quickly, depending on the audience size you've got. You've got these, um, you know, these ads, the prospecting ads, and you've got, especially especially in the Facebook world, I hear yes. there's more burnout there, right? For sure. And every, every three weeks, you got to come up with a new ad because this one stopped working. It worked for a while and then didn't, right? And so that there, there's a lot of work there, especially for a new entrepreneur starting up, and maybe they don't have a lot of, you know, creative power behind them. Um but the cool thing about the separating out the retargeting is that if once you figure it out, you can set it and forget it. And this is why, because you have to, if, if you set up the audiences right, and if you test your ads, then you can get this done. So figure out what you want to say to these, to these retargeting audiences, you know, try it out, run some creative until you get some that work. Right. And then, and then, those, and then once you have that, you've got that. And then you got to make sure your audiences are structured. Right. So I, I do retargeting audiences, off of off of website action, off of engagement action, and um, and even off of the data. So it goes like this: if they've engaged with your brand, right? you know they've they've watched some YouTube video, they've liked a post, shared it, commented, anything like that, any kind of um, engagement, then I will retarget them for a small period of time, right? Maybe three, five days, right? Retargeting for a small period of time, um, but but I set up those audiences in Facebook. So those people only hop into the audience for five days, and after five days, they fall off. It's almost like a conveyor belt. So that audience never gets old, so they can't burn out on your ad. The ad lasts nice. indefinitely, right? Right. Hop in, they hang out with you and your ad, five days, boom, fall off the backside, right? They didn't take yeah. action, they're out. The next layer, yeah, the next layer are people who, visit, who then click through and visit the website. Well, hey, they visited the website. That's a little bit of an action. I can hang out with them a little bit longer. Let's go for 10 days now, you know? But again, you structure that you structure the audience, and so so they hop in, they see that ad, you know, and they see it. And, and I'll tell you how I how I like mechanically how I structure these in the in the campaign um, in the campaign settings. But they hang out for ten days, and then they, and they fall off of that audience, and they can't, in essence, burn out on that ad. They're only there for ten days. And it's gone. 
So the, this is a set it, set it and forget it kind of model, you know? Yeah, love it, love it. So then you find these winning ads yeah. for retargeting, and then they could maybe run for a year or more, I'm, I'm right. guessing, like you could just run. Yeah. Uh, and I, that actually, because of that, that's why in YouTube, some ads will just run forever because a lot of the audiences, like a custom uh, intent audience, is refreshed by Google about every 14 days. And yeah, so then yeah. you, you, it's not, the ad doesn't wear out because the audience is refreshed all the time. Yeah. So I love that. That's super, super cool. Um, so any any thoughts here for those that like to get nerdy on the, the mechanics of, of how you set that up and, and understanding with podcasts, it's hard to visualize things, but any, any okay. uh, specifics you want to add there? Yeah, definitely. So depending on the depth, the, the, the amount of steps they've taken with you or how refined that audience is, however you want to, kind of think about it. If you've got a very, very refined audience, you don't need Facebook to back you up and double refine that audience. And what I mean by that is you don't need to rely on the algorithm and you don't need to run conversion um, conversion objective campaigns, okay? You can run reach campaigns. Right. True, true view campaigns, right? You can run campaigns that, that are there for saturation more, more so than are there to, to snipe out the winners. Because, I mean, if you only have, let's say you only have you know, a thousand people who, who clicked through and hit your landing page, you should retarget every single you one hit, of them. You want to hit all thousand, yeah. Right. So Go for a making full an impression-based campaign ensures right. that, that Facebook or Google is going to just hit everybody versus right. if you do smart bidding, the algorithm is going to be kind of right. choosy on who they should. Right. Pull, pull, pull the smart out of this version, right? And I'm say, I'd say this with a huge caveat of make sure you have a refined audience or you'll blow your budget. You know, you don't you do not do this on a cold yeah, audience. Like two million people or something, yeah. So yeah, super refined audience where, where they've taken a ton of actions, you know that the likelihood that they buy is high. Go for a full saturation. Usually what happens, you get cheaper impressions, right? Because you're not having, you know, they don't have to be choosy. They don't have to like use their algorithm to, to snipe the winners, right? You get cheaper impressions often. You get, you get more brand saturation. You get to reach them all. And so you get more conversions. Yeah, super smart, dude. I love this. This is awesome. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed. Uh, we're we're completely out of time, uh, so we do need to wrap up. But uh, kind of final questions. Uh, tell us a little bit about ClickFunnels 2.0. Huge uh, sure. release that, depending on when you're listening to this, is either about to come out or is barely out or or whatnot. So talk us a little bit about that and, and what are you excited about uh, for the future of ClickFunnels? We're, we're super excited about ClickFunnels 2.0. So yeah, it's coming out in just a few weeks. Um, we're super excited. You know, ClickFunnels 1.0 will still remain. People who are in there and, and loving it can still keep using it. And if they've got their pages built there, their sales funnels, and they love them, by all means, stay there. But just like Basecamp does, we're coming out ClickFunnels 2.0, and it will it will it will also be an, an option. ClickFunnels 2.0 has like all the features you always wished Face or ClickFunnels had in 1.0. You can build your blog on it. You can build your website on it. You can build your sales funnels in it. You can have brand controls. You know, if your brand's purple and this exact, you know, shade of purple, you can brand the whole thing purple. You can make, you know, these these static elements that are always there, you know, branding things, whether it's the website, the blog. So anyway, all of the pieces you always wish you had and get this, Brett, it also has a, Store in it just like Shopify, what? so you can have all nice. your e-com store listed right there. So that's why we're so excited. It's all under one house, so the ease of use will be fantastic. the The interactivity between them and the coolest thing that I'm so excited about because I'm the I'm the you know the numbers guy is is the integration of the stats. 
Mm, love like, it. like since it's all in one system, I'll be able to see the person who hit my shop and then the sales yeah. funnel and bought over here. Like all of that will be so interconnected and the data Beautiful. will be so clean Beautiful. because it's all under one, one roof. Super, super smart. Awesome. So yeah. if people are like, hey, I want to learn more from John Parks or I just, I want to check out ClickFunnels. I know most people already know about it, but or I want to check out ClickFunnels 2.0. How do, how do they do that? Yeah, just hit me up on Instagram. I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, um, you know, uh, the handle John O. Parks, and you'll see me right over there. And yeah, if you want to find more about ClickFunnels, ClickFunnels.com. That's where that's where you'll find 2.0. Right, it'll be up in just a few weeks if you're listening to this in a few weeks, and it'll already be there. But ClickFunnels 2.0, we're super excited for that launch. Awesome. So we'll, I'll link to everything in the show notes. But but John, this has been a blast. Thanks for doing this, man. Super fun. We'll have to do it again. Hey, for sure. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Thank you. And as always, thank you for tuning in. And we'd love to hear from you. If you've not uh, reviewed us on iTunes yet, I would love that. I'd love it if you leave us that five-star review on iTunes. Helps other people find the show, makes our day, uh, and is just super fun. So with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, that's a wrap. I'm going to hit pause. I'm going to record. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.